Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is a big question, the show that gives you too much information about how when adventures start hanging out with the wrong people, they can really fall into witchcraft if they're not careful. Is WandaVision setting up Wanda Maximoff for a wizard duel with Doctor Strange and who would win that fight? <laughs> I'm Eric Voss here, making the magic happen with Joshua Ovenshire, AKA Joven, hey man. Making the magic happen, how on point and thematic. Very glad to be here. And we're so glad to have you here. You are working on some very exciting stuff and uh, I want you to tell us about it. Yeah, that's right, thank you for having me on. I get to talk about my new show. I got the logo back there on a chair. Uh, I did a show <laughs> called Stuff of Legends, which is a D&D, it's an official Dungeons and Dragons show with Wizards of the Coast, and it is uh, a cast of actors and comedians playing D&D for the first time, but all of the action and all of the dialogue is all redone as puppets, kind of like a drunk <laughs> history, but yeah. <laughs> meets the Muppets in D&D. So that's going to be on uh, YouTube.com slash The Jovenshire for the next six weeks. Uh, as of February 2nd, the first episode is officially up, so Ooh. go check it out on, on my YouTube channel. Yeah, go channel. check it out. Go check it out. Uh, yeah. I believe you can go see it. Uh, well, that sounds very exciting. I love D&D and I love puppets. It's the best right? of both worlds. It's like, yeah. why not puppets? It's fun. It's it's like playing with cartoons, but with like physical comedy attached to them. So so. Yes, why not puppets? Why not puppets? Not oh, a Marvel the... movie, all puppets. I mean, yeah. Oh, uh, that might be an episode of WandaVision for all we know. They might uh, skew right <laughs> into a Sesame Street episode. Show tonight. <laughs> episode. Uh, I'm into it. Well, WandaVision is really showing us the dark side of Scarlet Witch's magic, but also a much more specific depiction of her mm -hmm. sorcery than really we've ever seen in the MCU. Magic in general in the Marvel world is uh, very much a Pandora's box. We don't really know how it works. Much like in real life, we don't know how magic works. <laughs> I got my eye on you, David Copperfield. I'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> His hands just move too fast. So our big question for today comes to us from A. Koki2 off of Discord, and he asks, on the different forms of magic in the MCU, Doctor Strange, Wanda, even Ebony Ma, oh, yeah. how are they different, and which is the most powerful? And... What are their sources? Ooh, very, very good question. Uh, so let's talk about how Wanda Maximoff's magic works exactly and how it compares to these other forms of magic we've seen in the MCU. Mm -hmm. Does magic all come from the same place in the MCU? Does it come from other places? And if so, is that weird? Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe, but that's a question for Kevin Feige. We'll do our best to answer <laughs> it here. <laughs> Starting with Wanda, her magic is what is called chaos magic also sometimes called hex magic. In the comics, it comes from the demon called Chathon or Chathon. He cursed Wanda at a young age and her magic is kind of unique to her. It is believed that this magic is connected to the Darkhold. That's the ancient Marvel spell book, the Book of the Dead. But uh, in terms of its uh, aesthetic qualities, it's meant to be supernatural, akin to the world of witchcraft and uh, demonology, vampires, werewolves, zombies, all that, all that great stuff. All the good stuff we want in our Marvel. Uh, she's a witch, Scarlet Witch. It's meant to be kind of associated with that. Um, but she's also an Omega level mutant and that puts her up there with like Phoenix in terms of her God level abilities. She can kind of rewrite reality. Now in the MCU, in the movies and in WandaVision, Wanda's magic uh, also comes from another source that we're for the, our purposes are gonna call cosmic magic. Cosmic. 
basically just means the Infinity Stones. Which I, I, I will say that, yes, her magics were activated. Her magic was activated by the stone. But it could kind of be, now that they have the, the mutants with uh, Fox and everything, they could easily kind of rewrite what they've been doing. And much like Deadpool needed to go through a traumatic experience for his uh, gene to be activated, maybe it was just the Mind Stone that activated her mutant gene in order yes. to start to spark some of these these spells. And we talked about... You you know, uh, like the hex magic and chaos magic. And that theoretically still can be explained and worked into the MCU with how her magic is is utilized. It, it might not just be a comic thing anymore. Right, right. Um, they could they could completely redefine things now. And it seems like, you know, WandaVision is going back to Sokovia. We've seen that in trailer footage. By the time you're watching this, you may have already seen what that episode's going to be, uh, whatever it is. But yeah, it's going back to Strucker and that Hydra lab at Sokovia. Um, but I think... With, when it comes to a relationship with Vision, the Mind Stone is that kind of link. It's kind of what binds them together. It's the fact that her powers were seen to be activated by the Mind Stone. He's powered by the Mind Stone. And that's kind of what WandaVision all is, right? In fact, there's even uh, a call out in episode two where that cabinet of mysteries and their magic trick is uh, that pattern looks like the Mind Stone in Vision's head. And leave it to the new rock stars to find that logo right there for everyone to see. Uh, hey, we find it now. I did not call it out in my breakdown of episode two. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff to There's find. There's a lot in this series. Yeah. Um, now, just to better define what cosmic magic is, uh, you remember in Infinity War when Thanos and Doctor Strange had that wizard duel. That was all because of cosmic magic. Uh, uh, Doctor Strange has his own kind of magic that we'll talk about. But uh, the fact that uh, Thanos could keep up with him blow for blow, create black holes and, and, and uh, shapeshift stuff and, and move the ground around, that, that all came from the powers, the magic of the cosmos specifically channeled through the space stone the reality stone the power stone and the soul stone which are the four that he had at that moment when you mentioned like the uh the wizard duel at the top of the episode i just you you immediately go back to the sword and the stone wizard duel in the disney animated feature now i just want that now i just want yeah. you know doctor strange going against scarlet witch and they're just turning each other into animals and monsters that's great and when we talk about wanda's magic it does allow her to warp reality and it appears in wandavision brainwash everyone within that reality into believing it's just their normal world that's what we saw in house of m as well but uh that magic while extremely powerful is not something that wanda is yet entirely in control of which is a very very key distinction doesn't matter how powerful your power is uh if you don't know how to use it how powerful does that make you well would that also be in question to the type of magic it is because it's chaos magic it is based off of like profitability yeah. control uh she might not be able to control it because it is just a, around like the probabilities around her so there is no way to control it but it's almost like dominoes like uh, luck, uh, uh, you know, special heroic ability where, you know, yeah. I think in the comics, Scarlet Witch even was used her magic just to uh, destroy a pipeline underneath her enemies because it was like, oops, that was the thing that happened. Probability control. Right. Or to put it in terms of Pokemon moves, Thrash, while a wildly <laughs> devastating move, often misses. And so how powerful, how good of a move really is that? You only need one to hit. That's true. Um, so let's move on to talk about Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is also a wizard, very capable uh, magic practitioner, but his magic comes from a different place, from the mystic arts under the Sorcerer Supreme, and the term for it is eldritch magic. So you know something is eldritch magic if it's sparkly, if you see uh, these kind of uh, golden you know, sparkles. A little callback to uh, the D&D &D reference here, a little yes. uh, eldritch blast for my warlocks at home. Uh -huh. What's up? Oh, 
<laughs> um, now it uh, does, uh, it's pretty useful Eldritch Magic. It uh, can create these teleportation portals. Uh, it can be used to create uh, protection spells, weapons, illusions, telekinesis. You can move stuff around. But it's this very ancient kind of magic. But um, in the MCU, and this might just be true for Doctor Strange and no movie that comes after, it seems like anyone can kind of tap into it. There's that dude, uh, Benjamin Bratt's character, Jonathan Pangborn. He used it to heal his body. And it's like, okay, so if anybody just wanders into Kamertage and commits to this, they can kind of mm -hmm. tap into this Eldritch magic. Which also, what, he healed himself and he's like, all right, that's good enough. I don't need to know the mysteries <laughs> of the unknown no. anymore. I want to play basketball with my buddies and be able to walk over to Joe's and get a slice. Now, uh, Doctor Strange is different, though. He has a photographic memory, very high intelligent uh, person, and that allows him to master these arts quickly and at a level few others can. So he kind of has like a natural super ability in that regard. Um, so while there are many sorcerers, Doctor Strange has more of a mastery over those skills and gives him more control over navigating the multiverse. That's why he is the Sorcerer Supreme, because yes. no one can compete. And and not only that, there was that line in Endgame where the Ancient One says he was going to be the best of us. Mm -hmm. Like, he's almost kind of destined to be this, uh, he's made for this job. You are the chosen one! <laughs> exactly. Um, now, there is another type of sorcerer magic that the sorcerers use that is specifically from the Dark Dimension. This is different from Eldritch Magic because the Dark Dimension magic gives you the power over kind of the mechanics of the universe. It's almost cosmic in a way because you can manipulate time. Uh, the Dormammu is... Uh, well, I don't know if Dormammu can manipulate time. He's just kind of timeless he, in a way. He's timeless uh, and can suffer from time. So if he yeah. can control time, I don't think Doctor Strange would have been able to uh, right. beat him the way he did. Exactly. So this Dark Dimension magic must be weaker than cosmic magic and because the Time Stone trumped it in that final battle. But uh, this magic allows you to manipulate uh, gravity, um, the way things can kind of re-piece around you, reality, because the way that the Ancient One stopped that whole um, bendy uh, mirror dimension battle is uh, she she kind of pieced everything around using pieces oh, yeah. of the city of New York and had that symbol on her head, and the Kaiselis called her a hypocrite when uh, she did that. Mm -hmm. So um, that means that there is like a cosmic component to it, but it's not the same thing as cosmic magic and not as powerful. I wonder if it's kind of like, you know, with, with us, we've got our, you know, the four elements, right? And I wonder if like this, all of the different magics technically just pull from these different cosmic stones, mm. and, and this could be their trace and origin. Yeah, uh, that is possible. I think that's kind of a recurring element, is at least mm -hmm. so far throughout the Infinity Saga, a lot of things can be traced back to the Infinity Stones if you do a couple thwips to get there. <laughs> um, and another example of that is another form of magic that we've seen in the MCU, the Asgardian magic. That's what we see from the people in the world of Thor. Um, that's used on Asgard and other realms outside of Midgard. Um, so like Asgardian magic is what powers the Bifrost. It comes from the Allfathers. Um, you could say that's what allows Heimdall to see souls wherever they are in the universe. Frigga, that's uh, Thor's mom. She's a witch. Oh, and that's right. That uh, she can kind of see the future. So that uh, it comes from a magical place. Um, Odin's worthiness charm, of course. Hey! 
that's a form of and Asgardian magic. I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but uh, he does mention that the Asgardian magic isn't necessarily, it's science where they come right. from. So I wonder yes. if, if that same logic can be applied to the other magics as well. It doesn't seem like uh, the Ancient One refers to it as a science. It's something that you can teach and it can be replicated, thus perhaps still a science. Um, mm. But the way that the Asgardians see their magic as science, I wonder if that actually does put it in a different, uh, yeah. like, box. Yeah, you know, the Asgardians are, uh, like, um, millennia old. They're, like, 5,000 years They're old. They're millennials, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Classic. So moody and aimless and just let it all burn. Just Thor eating his avocado toast, letting <laughs> Applebee's go out of business. Yeah. Um, but, like, they view it as science. And in my opinion, viewing it as science kind of weakens the, uh, you know, the whole ma magical side of it. Is It's a technology as opposed to magic. Mm -hmm. uh, but isn't that such a human way to look at it? It takes yeah. the excitement out of it because it's science. Yeah, but humans uh, are weak. I want ghosts. <laughs> ghosts can't kill. The, the fact that they call it science, uh, I think, is kind of a link back to cosmic magic, to the Infinity Stones, which is a there form is of technology. You know, the mm -hmm. Tesseract was a technological outgrowth of the Space Stone. It allowed people to use it in, in a very specific way. And uh -huh. what is technology, if not um, a being's ability to build something to harness some kind of uh, uh, element of the universe? Wow. I think we just came up with a new definition of technology. Oh, yeah, look at that. Look at yeah. you. Look at us. Look at us. A, a wheel is just using gravity in an interesting way. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. um, but Oh, we should also call Loki. Loki is a, a frost giant or, or, you know, he's like... Half frost? frost yeah, half frost mini. giant. He's, uh, but he has a kind of magic. He can, you know, shapeshift. He can project himself. He can Make daggers pop emotions. out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah, that's all comes from that place. Um, so I think, you know, other than that, Asgardian magic isn't explored too deeply in the MCU. Uh, there's only a couple mentions. They mentioned the Allfathers a couple times. It's actually kind of religious in origin, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like the heart-shaped herb of Wakanda. It's like a spiritual magic, but it's not saying that these people are wizards. Yeah, uh, it, but it is because there was the deleted scene from Ragnarok where Odin was going to talk to Thor about, you know, the, the Allfather being then put into Thor, which I think would have given that magic a different spin in that world if that was how mm -hmm. it was explained, because then it was more of like an essence that's something that could be passed along versus something that it's created from a tool. The thing about Asgard, though, is because it's so ancient, because it has those ties with the Infinity Stones, the Tesseract, the Aether, it almost suggests that their magic comes from those stones. Like, the Bifrost and the Tesseract, the Space Stone, are kind of the same thing, are they mm -hmm. not? Like, yeah. they allow you to teleport, open up portals, Who's to say that the power of the Bifrost did not come from the Tesseract itself? To me, that makes sense. You take this one element like you're, that is so strong that just by manipulating can expand and create whatever you need it to. If it goes back that far, to, and that's how they created their Asgard. Now, people ask about Ebony Maw, who's an interesting one. Uh, his He's magical. He's so magical. Um, <laughs> when you look into his eyes. He's just, you get lost in those. I don't know what this is, but... It's kind of hot. Um, 
he gets his magic from an unknown source. Um, like he's the issue with him. He's a relatively recent addition to Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. He really didn't appear till 2013 after the MCU started. So clearly they were building companion comics with what they're going to do with the MCU. Oh wow! Wow! To think that Marvel characters started to be created after the MCU began is such mm-hmm. a weird thing to think about. Yeah, the membership of the Black Order is different in the comics. There's like a fifth member, uh, and there's some names that get swapped around. But his magic doesn't have a whole lot of mythology to it. In the comics, he's a whisperer, which allows him to control people's thoughts. And horses. <laughs> now, in the movies, he's like telekinetic. He creates these like pointy shards to torture Strange, but it's interesting that he's not able to just kill Strange. Strange mm-hmm. is pretty resistant, and it, it implies that his Eldritch magic and the protection spell he put over the necklace um, trumps whatever kind of magic that Ebony Maw can throw at him. So either he's too weak at his magic, or maybe it's not magic. Like, when I saw Ebony mm-hmm. Maw, I didn't immediately go to, like, magic or sorcerer of anything. I went to just, like, these are his superpowers. Everyone's superpowers are kind of derived from from something else. Uh, mm-hmm. Though, you know, we don't have, have too many, like... Hulk's come from, you know, science. Uh, Thor's comes <laughs> from his me. own science. Iron Man's comes from science. Uh-huh. So, you know, maybe all the superpowers just come from science. Yes, science! Hey, yeah, it, it's possible. I, I just think Ebony Maw has kind of a sorcerer aspect to him. And functionally, in the plot of Infinity War, he's really Mephisto. Um, Mephisto is that kind of right-hand man to Thanos in the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. Um, and then I think Ebony Maw even quotes Mephisto's line from the comics at the beginning of Infinity War. My humble personage bows before your grandeur. In Infinity Gauntlet, Mephisto doesn't even really get to be himself. He's just kind of like there for someone to uh, talk to for Thanos. Yeah. Uh, you don't really get to see his old demonic background in Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, they didn't use him to his full extent, which they probably didn't need to use him to his full no, extent. No, no, it's not about him, yeah. So I would say Ebony Maw, seems like he kind of possesses the same sort of magic that the Asgardians do. It's somewhat cosmic. Maybe it's derived from that. Ultimately, though, it's like technological. It's, it's bound by limits that the Sorcerer Supreme and even Wanda Maximoff don't seem to be bound by. So this kind of brings us back to Scarlet Witch versus Doctor Strange. Because WandaVision is showing us Wanda's God-level abilities. She can kind of create reality around herself. Uh, and that's super scary from the inside. Uh, but it also appears, we think, to be setting us up for a showdown between these two most powerful pr- practitioners mm-hmm. of magic in the MCU. Finish him. Because we know she's coming back in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And a lot of people think it's going to be as a as an antagonist figure to the Sorcerer Supreme. Which still the fact that Doctor Strange 2 is coming out after uh, the next Spider-Man movie, which I, I believe we're slated to have Doctor Strange show up. Like that is official, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so all three of these properties are going to intertwine. All, all they want are answers. And so far, WandaVision has not given me the answers I need. God Give me the answer! Nope, nope, nope. It's hard to compare how powerful they are against each other because it seems like their magic comes from two different sources. Yeah. But we can look at the backgrounds and the personalities of those using it, as we've been talking about. So Wanda Maximoff is kind of like the Hulk with her powers. Like, she's damaged. She's out of control. Only gets stronger the angrier she gets. Yeah, exactly. I mean, S.W.O.R.D. uh, is watching her for that reason. Sentient Weapon Observation and Response Department, Ross labeled her a WMD in Civil War. That whole Sokovia Accords was about, it took place right Mm -hmm. after Wanda caused a lot of casualties in Lagos. So, like Hulk, her power might be limitless. The limit does not exist. 
but she can only be really uh, contained. And you know, she's containing herself in her own little TV land, her little Nick at night. Like, uh, why are they trying to bug her? She's right. happy. Yeah, she's happy there. Um, and that kind of gives her an inherent weakness, the fact that she's not totally in control, not totally aware of what she's doing. Compare that to Stephen Strange. Stephen Strange is kind of like Tony Stark with the way mm -hmm. he uses magic. It's full self-awareness and uh, self Calculated. Yeah. Very calculated, uh, super efficient, surgical. He's a scalpel, right? Like, it's almost like they were both Sherlock at one point in time. <laughs> yeah. Um, he rarely wastes any kind of effort. He leaves very little collateral damage in his wake. Uh, we saw that in the final battle uh, in Hong Kong in the Doctor Strange movie. He literally stitched back together that city yeah. block. It's like, my bad, I can fix this. Yeah, we're good, hold people on. People are just like, what just happened? Happen. We'll never know, and they live on with their lives. Whereas, you know, Scarlet Witch leaves destruction in her wake. Uh, how powerful is that? Chaos. Chaos. So, to answer the question, while Scarlet Witch is more powerful with her magic in the MCU, Doctor Strange is ultimately more effective. So, if you were to think in a conflict between those two, if that is indeed what WandaVision is setting up in Multiverse of Madness, I would expect Strange to have the advantage. I would put my money on Doctor Strange. I would go the other way. Oh, yeah. And only because let's, let's look at a common denominator. They both fought Thanos. Doctor Strange mm. did not win in that battle. Mm -hmm. um, if not for the, the blasts coming down from the ship during the Scarlet Witch and Thanos fight, I think uh, Scarlet Witch was going to win. I think that she had him cornered and was going to beat him. So yeah. if one can beat Thanos and the other can't, uh, was that transcendent property? Are you stupid or something? I just think that chaos magic, because it is unbound and uncontrollable, that he he's too precise, he's too neat, he's too clean. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you have probability on your side, that that that's it. It's once probability is on your side. Anything can go right in your favor and against Doctor Strange. So I'm, yeah. I'd put my money on 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 the chaos magic. Yeah, you know that brings up uh, you bring up a good point there, Joven, um, because Doctor Strange does have this other weakness we haven't talked about: the fact that he has his oath, this Hippocratic oath of do no harm. When I became a doctor, I swore an oath to do no harm, and I have just killed a man. I'm not doing that again. And mm -hmm. oh, yeah. kind of like, you know, the way we see with Batman, how he can't ever hurt anyone. I will not kill. We could totally see that happen with Doctor Strange. His unwillingness to let anyone get hurt could be uh, against him. I have to counter, though, with your uh, Thanos argument. While that is very true, uh, Scarlet Witch almost wrecked him. It's almost like, well, uh, the Patriots beat us earlier in the season, but we beat the Patriots, so <laughs> does that mean true. we could beat you? It's it's almost like context gets shifted around so uh, much. You can't add sports logic into comic book <laughs> logic. They don't mix. Uh, but let us know in the comments below, all of you watching and listening. Uh, watching. The watching. Doctor Strange, the watching. We want to hear from you. Who's uh, Wizard do you think is uh, more effective, more powerful, and more useful in the MCU the way they've been depicted? Because it's not the same thing in the comics, because even in the comics, people's power levels and statuses get shifted depending on what the context of the story is anyway. I, I still think that we're going to see comic book um, Scarlet Witch really start to like come into the MCU starting now. I, I think that's what we're going to get. Uh, absolutely. All right. Uh, before we move on to some questions that Joven's going to answer for us, uh, we just want to shout out our merch partners at Epic Hero Shop. They are giving away 10 PlayStation 5s, people. It's an amazing opportunity. You enter by following their new YouTube channel. It's called Epic Hero Labs. It's crazy. There's a lot of mystery going on there. And Ooh. then uh, once you subscribe, you fill out the form at epicheroshop.com 
slash giveaway, and they will announce a new winner every 10,000 subscribers they get. And speaking of these merch partners, we have a lot of great New Rockstars merch over there, like the shirt I'm wearing. Uh, this is our- Which is so dope! Unusual couple shirt. Uh, I've talked about this a lot. It's super comfortable, and it has like this AR component, so that when you put your phone over it, like secrets and Easter eggs start to pop up in the floating consciousness here. It's it's awesome. And this is a limited in uh, edition, so we only have certain amount of them once we only sell out. Only so many secrets can go out. That's right. That's right. That's what makes it a collectible. It's uh, limited, so you have to get your hands on it. Uh, and you can go to newrockstarsmerch.com or epicheroshop.com. Uh, both URLs work. Any other URLs don't work. Um, and the good thing about doing this is it supports New Rockstars directly. Uh, we would love to get to a place where we could just make the only way we have to like plug things is with shirts like this um and uh and you don't have to like have videos interrupted with ads yeah on that shop there's lots of great different apparel not just shirts there's like hoodies uh onesies for your baby dog clothes hats uh masks. for your fur babies yeah so go check all of that stuff out at epicheroshop.com oh but another thing we want to tell you about this episode is actually brought to you by stereo who is helping us launch three new shows that will only be on their platform. So Stereo is a free live broadcast social platform that lets people have real conversations in real time. The app turns podcasts into these fun two-way interactions where listeners can record an audio question or comment and send it directly to the show who will then play it and react to it in real time. So it's like a podcast you can talk to. It's so freaking cool. And uh, New Rockstars is going to launch three new shows on Stereo, including a sort of New Rockstars news show that's going to be me and Philip on Wednesdays where we're going to be reacting to the latest news and taking questions from you guys and goof around, kind of in the vein of this show big question but uh less researched it's just gonna be more like what happened this week and, and talking about less it. big brain yeah uh and uh if you are a fan of the editing style of big question you're gonna want to check out our new monday show on stereo editors read the comments where our head editors john and joshua these are the guys who put all the memes and funny clips into big question uh they're gonna react to their favorite comments uh, and video moments from the week. So our YouTube comments that have all kinds of uh, direct pointed criticism, they're going to explain whatever uh, comments. Get those comments in, people. Yeah, the, you might end up on that show. Uh, and then on Friday mornings, myself and Jessica Clemens will be doing a live Inside Marvel WandaVision reaction, our typical after show. But there's going to be a live component if you join us on Stereo. You'll get this way earlier than you'll see the video version on our YouTube channel. So yeah, all three of these shows are going to be on the Stereo app. So download this free stereo app by going to stereo.com slash new rockstars so that you can connect with us whenever we are live and then stay tuned for more details on how to engage with us on stereo at the end of today's episode and then click on the link in the description go to www.stereo.com slash new rockstars to get started all right uh joven we have a few bite-sized questions i'm gonna throw at you are you ready for it i am ready to bs my way through these answers i mean <laughs> answer these to the best of my knowledge yep 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 all right so our first question comes from mr mountain dew on discord who asked how fast is an x-wing at full throttle like the trench run by luke and star wars a new hope they were in the trench for a real long time how mm -hmm. did they escape the explosion what was the time interval between the blast fired and the Death Star explosion. Timeline, speed, and distance don't really add up. I need answers, please. All right. 
Well, I think to best answer this, I think we need to look at your question and uh, remind you that when they were in the trench run, they were not at full throttle. First of all, okay. uh, uh, the the S coils were open. So that means that they couldn't be going as fast as they possibly could go. Now, don't mm. get me wrong. We're about to contradict uh, that statement in a little bit, and it's it's a new hope's fault. But you notice the contradiction. When you play Star Wars Squadrons, you can see, because you're controlling the ships almost more like a sim, how fast you can go, like what's your normal speed, and then how far uh -huh. fast you can go at a faster speed. Um, so I think when he was in the trench run, on it was there for a long time, because they're... Okay, if here's the Death Star, and they're up here fighting, but the, the the porthole thing is down, the exhaust port is down over here, they want to draw all the firefight out over here so that they can then go into the trench and then make it to the exhaust port so they don't have to deal with as many starfighters. So that's why they were wow. traveling a large distance, not at full throttle. Now, when you rewatch the movie, yes, uh, first off, let's look at uh, this other continuity problem. Darth Vader's like, I have you now, and then shoots. We see him shoot, and then comes in Han Solo with a yeehaw, and then mm -hmm. like blasts him out of the way. But like, why didn't that blast ever get Luke Skywalker? Like, he hit the Yeah, he hit the buttons, it's a right? blaster. It should have gotten him right away. I have you now. Now, as for the flying away aspect, we actually do kind of have a, a cut where like he threw it and then he flies out and then we see him flying and then it cuts away and then it cuts back to the explosion and they're not there anymore. So, mm. yes, they should have still been in some form of like wave of that blast. And when we do see them flying away, here's where the hypocrite comes in. Let's discuss the contradiction. The S-foils are open. Therefore, they are not flying as fast as they could be flying. So mm -hmm. they should have been rocked by the explosion. That's 100% true. But they can go supersonic speed. X-Wings can fly at supersonic speeds. And Ooh, wow. that is how we write this off. It was too fast. <laughs> what position would the S-Foils have to be to jump into hyperspace? Which I know they didn't jump in hyperspace in that moment. But I, do they I, have to be closed? Just based on friction alone, I would imagine that they have to be closed. And I think that there is footage of them traveling at, uh, at hyperspace closed. So I think that's, they have to be closed. But you can still get the full throttle. Just, yeah. well, you'll go fast, but not as fast as you can. Yeah, I think the logic of the scene was like, oh, well, it took some time for the proton torpedoes to create the chain reaction. And we that also like don't know how long, it, like we see the radar like lining up with, with Yavin 4. So we don't actually know how long it takes to get that laser fully powered. So there could yeah. have been some time during that hard cut. An excellent question and an excellent answer. Our next question comes from Civilian, another friend of ours on Discord, who asked, In Age of Ultron, it was confirmed that Cap knew he could lift Mjolnir, but intentionally didn't. And that is why he could summon Mjolnir in Endgame. What other moments could Cap have used Mjolnir that could have helped a ton? Now, this is a very fun question. I love this question. I'm going to kind of put the assumption that it was up to that point. Uh, he he became worthy, and maybe he wasn't even fully worthy yet to lift it. Like, maybe he okay. wasn't able to lift it, lift it, but he was able to move it. So he was getting there. Up until Age of Ultron or up until Endgame? Uh, at, at Age of Ultron. Like, okay. I, I think anything before that, I'm going to say that he wasn't worthy to pick it up yet. Okay. We're just going to say that just so, you know, let's look at all the events happening afterwards. He gets off for um, uh, Battle of New York. No blame there. 
uh, and any of the other things that happened between Battle of New York and uh, and Age of Ultron. I think Winter Soldier came before yes, Age Winter of Ultron, Soldier right? Before, yeah, so yeah. probably that's where he became like worthy enough to be able to move the oh, hammer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that when is, because Thor can kind of travel around, he's not always on Earth. So right. when Thor and Captain America are on the same planet, for him to be able to utilize it would really only have been during the events of Civil War, where the hammer would have been kind of helpful. The problem is, and this is canon, yeah. uh, Thor, during Civil War, was in Australia with no cell phone. Really? So, yeah. So that's why he was never Are called to Civil War. Are you saying because of the commercial that he was in or that yes. short with his roommate? Yes, with the short, yeah. He had no cell phone and he's in Australia. <laughs> and so, theoretically, Captain America, in his fight against uh, Iron Man, could have maybe pulled Mjolnir then. But then... Uh-huh. Thor would have shown up like, dude, this is mine. Why'd you take my hammer? Or like it's right. flying towards it, but then it flies away because like Thor wants it back. He's like, who took my hammer? Dude, where's my Mjolnir? So I think that is the only time it might have been helpful. But again, we saw in Avengers, Thor used the hammer against Iron Man and it just fully charged him. So he would just have to like maybe take the hammer and like knock down Iron Man and then just set the hammer on top of him. And yeah. that's how you would use it to win that fight. <laughs> You know, it's like there were, it was implied that there were some battles leading up to Age of Ultron, right? They were kind of like, they were tracking down Strucker with Hydra. Oh, but yeah. But in all those battles, Thor was there. And you could argue that Mjolnir was better off in Thor's hands than it was in, in Cap's hands. Again, being as humble as he is, probably at the same time, Captain America wouldn't have wanted to take his hammer away from right. him. You don't want to yeah. piss off the god. Yeah, and, and there was that great collab moment in, uh, outside the Sokovian base where he's like, all right, let's do it. And he bashed the hammer to create that shockwave. Like, yeah. you need Thor to come up with those creative ideas when he has the hammer in his hand. If you just take the hammer out of his hand, he's not going to ever eat any fish. What is he, the god of hammers? Yes. <laughs> That's not a bad god to be a god, a thing to be a god. Just throw hammers away, they're coming out of hammers. Yeah, yeah, lots of hammers. Like, you work at a Ace Hardware or Home Depot. <laughs> have a nice orange apron. What type of supplies are you going to need? I don't know. A wood hammer? This next question comes from Lance Pants on Discord, who asked, when and where could they have built the peak space station at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home? Assuming that is the peak. I'm thinking we're going to have to start as far back as the, the 90s. Back in the 90s. Once, you know, uh-huh. uh, Nick Fury was kind of figuring out, you know, outer space stuff. Uh, and let's look at a real world aspect here to answer the question. It's probably like the ISS. The ISS was not built on Earth and then uh, thrown up oh. into space. It was actually built piece by piece in space. So it was probably, you know, under a bunch of different covert names and whatnot, like Sputnik probably like hit it. Oh, no, that was that would have been way too early. But, you know, people put it (laughs) up like satellites, like, oh, just a satellite. It's like, what's that giant compartment attached? Like nothing. Don't look at that. As they're flying it up to space for for sword to attach it to their uh, to their peak ship. So I think just over the course of 30 years, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And it's kind of used as a like the ISS. Yeah, I, that's a great thought about the ISS. I didn't think about that. But yeah, I mean, they, you know, they have cloaking technology from the mm-hmm. scroll and from mm-hmm. the Kree. So like they just keep it all cloaked and it just stays in orbit that whole time. And yeah. uh, they hope no uh, no other <laughs> signals get like whenever you have, lose your direct TV signal, it's because of the peak. Yes. Yes, and definitely not because Comcast sucks. <laughs> Three great answers there. Thank you, Joven. Ah, I almost sounded like I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> no, you totally did. Okay, now we're going to move on to our... Back to scraps! 
question. Uh, this one comes from MJ on Discord, who asked, have you ever had any movie moments in your life? Meaning something is so perfectly timed that it should be from a movie. Kind of like, are you living in the Truman Show? Is <laughs> kind of what he's asking. You know, for me, I'm based on what I've done in my career. I feel like a lot of my life was on camera and some moments were <laughs> pretty interesting. I think one that wasn't on camera that should have been was we had just finished uh, filming the series with Microsoft in in where we traveled in these really expensive, like quarter of a million dollar cars from Italy through France down to Spain. And at the very end, we we had to like get them back to like the, the car where it needed to be. And me and my driver, uh, I didn't drive the car. I had a professional driver with me. And the it was uh, a different team from uh, each part of the world. So it was us and then the German team. And so they had their guy and their driver. And we had to take our really expensive cars that go really, really, really fast uh, back to this location. And this was the first time in like the two weeks we were traveling that people weren't with us anymore. So they just they made those cars go as fast as they possibly could. And we were just traveling through the hills, through like uh, through like their different highways at. I, we were going so fast that I had G4 sickness Ooh. when I got out of the car. I was like, I'm going to. No, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, and I, it, that had to have been a movie. Like, I just feel like I was in a movie then because had I not, I would have died. <laughs> I, I had plot armor, essentially. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Lots of times we've had plot. I feel like every episode of Big Question, we kind of, one of the two of us <laughs> tells some story that was like, felt like we were in a movie. I kind of had like a Spider-Man Far From Home experience when I was in high school. I went on a, a spring break Euro trip. Really? Um, yeah, but I did not, you know, stop like um, uh, elemental monsters in the Venice You didn't Canal. have someone <laughs> open up the multiverse just to find out it wasn't yeah. the multiverse around yeah. you? Right. Did not happen. Uh, I didn't have a billionaire mentor who gave me magic glasses that That's helped me control drones. Um, no, but I either sophomore or junior year of high school for spring break, we went to Italy and France. Uh, we started in Milan, went to Venice. Uh, Pisa, Siena, went up the um, This was far from coast. home because you yeah, were super far, yeah. far from uh, home. And really, I wish we had only gone to like just two of these places because you can't really get a sense of a place just for an afternoon. Agreed. Um, but then, we, you know, you take a bus up the Italian coast and we went to um, Monaco and Nice and then took mm -hmm. a bullet train up to Paris. And I uh, was on this trip with a girl I had a huge crush on. Um, it was, she's kind of like my MJ and you know, you go on these trips and you have these ideas of like, I'm going to try to profess my love. I'm going to get her a nice gift and it's, it's going to be romantic because we're going to be in Europe. <laughs> You're literally describing this is great. Yeah, and it was exactly the same thing. And then um, I uh, wasn't having any luck. I kept getting grouped together with like the wrong people. Things, you know, I kept getting like, oh, we uh, with this group and they want to go over here. And I had plans to meet up with the same group she was in for like lunch. But then they ended up doing something different. It, we kept like not being around each other. <laughs> Or, you know, you try to get that spot on the bus and try to sit next to her, but someone and else And you keep disappearing there. to fight crime. I right, get it, right, I get right. it. There was, like, a Brad on the trip who was, like, aware of it, and he <laughs> you know, kept foiling me. Um, but then, finally, on, like, the last couple days of the trip, um, we were in Paris, and we went to the Louvre. And the Louvre is not a very romantic place. Uh, it's, like, an old, dusty, uh, labyrinth mansion um, <laughs> that's crowded with with tourists. Um but like we found a way, I I was grouped with her and uh, we ended up like wandering around um, the Louvre together 
And at one point, there's like a little bench in front of this huge, beautiful, like wall-sized mural of something. Uh, and then like our shoulders started to touch a little bit. Um, and I was like, it is happening. And then that <laughs> afternoon, we went to Versailles, which actually is a bit more romantic. They have some nice yeah. gardens. It's like the palace city. And we started to w- walk together. And then we got lunch. And she didn't have enough uh, euros to cover her. So I covered hers. And then it was like... Out of nowhere, on the bus ride back to Paris, she put her head on my shoulder, and I was like, "Yes, that's the sign." Uh, but that's I was, the sign. I was so exhausted that I started to fall asleep as well. And then I woke up when we got back to the hotel in Paris, and she wasn't sitting next to me anymore. But she wasn't really uh, talking to me for the rest of the trip. And then some friends later were like laughing, and they're like, well, "I was like, what is it?" And they showed me they had uh, their their old digital camera video that they had taken. I had leaned over and I was drooling. I was drooling. And I think I had drooled on her and she woke up to find me drooling on her and she got up and moved and, uh, and I totally blew it. Uh, And I feel like that's a scene out of Spider-Man far from home, right? Oh my God. I wish, I I wish the writers would have known that so they could put that in the movie. That should have been in the movie. Oh, it's in my notes. I'm going to work it into a movie somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Then all the Parisians are like, Oh, this is stupid boy. He doesn't know to keep his uh, saliva in his mouth until she asks for it. Um, But, uh, but crazy thing another like a movie thing you think all is ruined there was a third act denouement of this story when like a month later on the other end of it like the school year was ending and uh another friend was like hey so she like so and so said like did something happen with you guys in in europe and i'm like yeah i made a big ass of myself they're like no she was kind of expecting you to like follow up with her and i was like what I had already moved on. I, the old I, high school conflict. They're waiting for the next move. And then we walk away thinking it's all over. I had no idea. And then summer break went on. I had a whole job that was at a summer camp. And I wasn't going to see her or be around town the whole summer. You got to sha-la-la-la-la-la talk to the girl. Too late. I <laughs> blew it. I'm an idiot. Yeah. So, I don't know. That kind of feels like a coming of age thing. I could work that into a movie. That felt that's, like a That's a thing. That's yeah. a thing. That is a thing. Uh, well, hey, Joven, it's been such a pleasure to talk magic. Always a pleasure. Sometimes magic happens in your life. Sometimes you miss the magic. <laughs> and but. sometimes it's in Dungeons and Dragons. That's <laughs> right. As of today, February 2nd, the first episode of Stuff of Legends is out on YouTube.com slash The Joven Shire. It is a show I am working with Wizards of the Coast and Dungeons and Dragons to make a tabletop show that's uh, laced with a lot of puppet action. So we play Dungeons and Dragons with a group of com- uh, comedians and actors, and all the dialogue and action uh, is done by puppets. So give, yeah. it a, give it a watch. Definitely give that a watch. Well, Joven, thank you again for uh, joining me in this episode. You can follow Joven at the Joven Shire on social media. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow New Rockstar. Send us your big questions using the hashtag big question. Or uh, join our Discord by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash New Rockstars. All five of the questions we had this episode were from our wonderful patrons, and that can be you next episode. Uh, thank you. Subscribe to New Rockstars here on YouTube. Uh, hit that notification bell. 
And another quick shout out to our friends at Stereo, the app that lets users listen in, seek out topics, and join conversations about issues and ideas that interest them, like comedy, pop culture, sports, all kinds of topics. Stereo can be downloaded for free by Apple and Android users. Once you download the app, you can create an avatar and profile and start going live yourself. And you can submit audio messages to the hosts of conversations to join the conversation in real time. We'll be going live with our interactive New Rockstars news show, hosted by myself and Philip on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific. You'll only be able to hear that on stereo and you can submit your theories and your reactions or your personal grooming tips on there catch our new shows only on stereo every monday wednesday and friday go to stereo.com slash new to get all the details and get notified when we're going live again that's stereo.com slash new see you next week bye <laughs>